Good morning. Well, it took place at the garden. I'm talking, of course, about the garden of Gethsemane. It was there that Jesus was betrayed by a friend. It was there that he was arrested and taken away to be crucified. And it all took place on our behalf. Today, we are celebrating Good Friday, being the day when Jesus was actually crucified and shed his blood so that every sinner who believes in him can have his sins forgiven, so that we who believe can have the gift of eternal life. I want to ask you to join me as we read from the Word of God that covers the story of Christ's betrayal by a friend. My name is Nimrod Bae from Kainonia Ministries in Nairobi. Let us pray. Father, we thank you for loving us so much that you died on our behalf at the cross. Thank you for your blood that was shed. Thank you, Lord, that every sinner who believes in you can have their sins forgiven, that they can have the gift of eternal life. As we read your word, I pray, Father, that it will speak to our hearts and that you con convince us and convict us of our very own sins and bring us unto repentance, depending on your grace uh, through our faith. And we ask it all in the name of Jesus Christ, our loving Savior. Amen. Now, Luke chapter 22, verses 47 and 48 reads as follows. While he was still speaking, a crowd came up. And the man who was called Judas, one of the twelve, was leading them. He approached Jesus to kiss him. But Jesus said to him, Judas, are you betraying the Son of Man with a kiss? Now, as far as human relationships are concerned, I don't know anything that is as grievous as betrayal by a friend or a close relative. History gives us two accounts or two stories of people who are betrayed by a close friend. The first account I want us to share is the story of Julius Caesar. Julius Caesar was a statesman in ancient Rome. But Caesar was also a gallant soldier and an army general. He had become uh, very popular with the masses. But his friends, because of his growing power and popularity, began to be envious and to conspire to do away with him. So while sitting at the Senate, the conspirators drew out their daggers and stabbed Caesar to death. Among the senators was a man named Brutus, and he was a close friend of Caesar. So close, in fact, that Caesar had named him in his will as one of his possible successors. Now, Shakespeare William Shakespeare, that is, dramatized this betrayal and this murder in a play called Julius Caesar. And uh, 
Shakespeare has Caesar in shock and disbelief turning to Brutus as he came daggers drawn and asked him even you Brutus or in Latin et tu Brute now the second account is the one that we are all familiar with the story of Judas and as, as the scripture says Judas was one of the twelve apostles of Jesus Christ in Mark chapter 3 verse, verses 18 to 19 we are told that uh, after a night of prayer on a mountain Jesus chose from his many disciples 12 men very specially selected 12 men to be his apostles so that he could be with them and so that he could send them out to go and preach the gospel and cast out demons just as he was doing and one of the selected apostles was a man called Judas the apostles accompanied Jesus apparently every day during a period of about three and a half years Jesus taught them about the kingdom of heaven he taught them about hell and heaven he talked about sin and repentance he taught them how to handle their personal affairs including handling of money he especially warned them that you cannot serve both God and money you have to make a choice whom to serve and he taught them many other things the disciples or the apostles ate with him they drank with him they encountered opposition together the storm in the sea they were all together they had become great buddies close friends in fact during his last message to them after the last supper Jesus told his disciples I no longer call you servants now you have become my friends because servants do not know the secrets of their master's business but now I have conferred to you the secret of the kingdom of heaven Jesus had designated these men his successors including Judas in fact Judas had also the privilege of serving the group as their treasurer like, like in the case of Caesar there are those who envied Jesus so out of envy the religious leadership the priesthood the Pharisees the teachers of the law conspired to kill Jesus and it was during his prayers and his speech at the Garden of Gethsemane that a large crowd carrying weapons came upon him to arrest him and the man leading them was his very dear friend and apostle Judas and so Judas approached him to kiss him 
according to a pre-arranged signal. But Jesus turned to him and asked him, Judas, are you going to betray the Son of Man with a kiss? Judas, in exchange for 30 miserable pieces of silver, he had forfeited his place in the kingdom of heaven. And this is the challenge that I'd like to share with all of us this morning. The question is, why did Judas betray Jesus? My simple answer is, it was all a matter of choice. He chose to do it. There were no compelling reasons. Consider, for instance, that, uh, as I've noted, the, 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 the 12 apostles were Jesus' designated successors. After his departure, he left the ministry to them. They lacked nothing during those three years, and they were going to lack nothing even after he had left. Jesus said this, If you remain in me, and my words remain in you, ask whatever you wish, and it will be given to you. These men, including Judas, lacked nothing, and they would lack nothing. Jesus also promised a glorious future for all of them and for all those who believe in his kingdom. Listen to this. You are those who have stood by me in my trials and I confer on you a kingdom just as my father conferred one on, on me so that you may eat and drink at my table in my kingdom and sit on thrones judging the twelve tribes of Israel. That was the privilege of all the twelve men, the apostles. In the book of Revelation, we are told that the war, the wars of the of the heavenly Jerusalem had twelve they had twelve foundations as well. And on each of the foundations was written the names of the twelve apostles of Jesus Christ. You can be sure the name of Judas was missing there. Judas's philosophy, philosophy appears to have been one bird at hand is better than two in the bush. The result of his betrayal was death, not life in the kingdom of heaven. Now today, this message is for all of us. But I want to particularly and very specially address myself to those of us who at one point or another gave their lives to Jesus, men and women, brothers and sisters, who once professed Jesus as Lord and Savior. But then for one reason or another, they turn back, they lapse into sin. And now they are living our life of worldliness. And probably many of them would like to come back into relationship with Jesus Christ, but they either don't know how 
or they are afraid. Such people in the Bible are called backsliders. And the Bible has a solution for backsliders. This is what the Bible says. Your wickedness will punish you. Your backsliding will rebuke you. Consider then and realize how evil and bitter it is for you when you forsake the Lord your God. You find that scripture in Jeremiah chapter 2 verse 19. But the Bible also says, Return faithless people. I will cure your backsliding. Brothers and sisters, life is about choices. We make good choices, but we also make bad choices. Our very first parents, Adam and Eve, made a bad choice when they choose to disobey God and were thrown out of the garden. Moses gave to Israel two choices and he told them, today I give you a choice between life and death and he urged them to choose life. But the very sad story of Israel is that they chose death and they were taken into exile as you know. During the trial of Jesus, Pontius Pilate gave the crowds two choices, either Barabbas or Jesus. And Pilate asked them, who shall I release for you? And they said, we want Barabbas. And he asked them then, what shall I do with Jesus? And they said, crucify him. They choose Barabbas. Today, Jesus is king, sitting on a throne in heaven, ruling over the entire universe. There's no word from Barabbas, the one they choose. And the choice that the, the crowd made, even calling on the, the, Jesus' blood on them and their children, has had severe consequences up till now. There were two criminals crucified with Jesus. One of them insulted Jesus. The other one recognized Jesus for whom he was. And that earned him a place in God's paradise. So let us focus now on the cross of Jesus Christ. We call today Good Friday. And it's Good Friday indeed. On this day we remember how Jesus was crucified, how he died, and even how he rose again. We also reminded how he rose and how he's coming back to take us home to live with him in his eternal kingdom. It's a good Friday indeed, and it's a beautiful day. One of the most memorable things about the crucifixion was the words of Jesus just before he died. He prayed, Father, forgive them 
for they do not know what they are doing. And this is a good news for you, my back, back, backslidden brother and sister. The Bible tells us this. First of all, if we claim to be without sin, we deceive ourselves. And the truth is not in us. But if we confess our sins, He is faithful and just, and will forgive us our sins and purify us from all unrighteousness. You will find that in 1 John, the letter of 1 John, verses 1, 8 and 9. Our part, my brothers and my sisters, is to confess our sins. And his part is to forgive us. So let me ask you this question. First of all, Jesus is speaking to you through his word. And he says, I love you and I have got a great plan for your life. Jesus is like the father in the story of the prodigal son. On the day when the prodigal son came to his senses and went back home, he did not even have to explain himself. He found his father waiting with open arms and his father received him and embraced him and kissed him. And there was a party and celebration because according to him, his son who was lost has been found and his son who was dead is now alive. It is in the same manner that every sinner who repents is restored back to Jesus. It is the same way a backslidden brother and sister who repents is received back into the fellowship of our Savior Lord Jesus Christ. So let me, in the name of Jesus, my brother and sister, invite you this morning, this very hour, this very moment, to confess your sins to the Lord Jesus Christ upon his promise to forgive you and cleanse you from all unrighteousness and to give you a, a new beginning unconditionally. Ask him to forgive you and he will. Let me suggest that you pray this prayer. Dear Lord Jesus, I have sinned against you and I am in need of your forgiveness. Please forgive me and help me not to fall into sin again. Amen. If you have any questions whatsoever, you can reach me through the numbers shown there below. Thank you.